And boom, we're back for another episode of AlphaCast. I'm Mike Winter, and I'm here as always with the noble, strong, powerful Dr. Bear Paul Lando coming to you live. I'm going to give you get you on the camera there, Bear, so you can flex for the crowd. No one saw that. Please let give him see. A... Uh, let me see the the. There we go. There we the, go. Like the twin pythons. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, it's always fun hanging out with Bear. We had a, a long, sweaty day yesterday setting up for our law <laughs> workshop this weekend. It got hot yesterday, and uh, we were uh, we were having a lot of fun setting up new technology, which I might have to talk a little bit about today and how technology has just gotten more and more difficult to deal with almost intentionally, I think, to distract us from the world uh, that is just getting more and more crazy. The Borg, uh, the Borg was definitely out to get us yesterday, Michael. Oh my God. I had to take my shirt off, sweating, just like the AI was laugh cackling in the corner. Uh yeah, it was uh <clears throat> it was quite a feat to just get a uh a little projector working, a new projector from Korea. Uh it was just like unbelievable with the new technology how everything is just way more difficult that requires at least three hours of youtube tutorials of watching youtube specialists that i uh, have to tout their uh you know products and everything just to get two seconds of information because the manual doesn't tell you anything anymore so anyways that's just, my rant uh, just my think rant. of how us geriatrics feel i'm starting to feel i'm starting to feel like a boomer myself i hate to say it so Oh man, that was uh, that was intense yesterday. So, uh, well, let's get right to it, Bear. Um, very excited with our guest today, dear friend of ours, Devin Verana. Um, I did want to just give a shout out for Music and Sky, of course. Uh, I did create a. Um, uh, people were asking if there were still any discounts left. I did create a, a fifty dollar off discount. Uh, uh, the coupon code is Alpha Vedic. So while the early bird discounts are done. Um, throwing it out to our community. If you just go to musicandsky.com to get your ticket, you can use the coupon code Alphavedic to get $50 off. We just added uh, Larkin Rose to the lineup. That's a, a very, very um, proud moment of me for me to get Larkin uh, at Music and Sky. He's going to be one of the keynote speakers, Bear. I know you're a fan of Larkin's work and uh, that he's gonna go Friday night at nine on the main stage and uh, very excited. So uh, guys, go check that out, musicandsky.com. And then of course, as I tease, we're doing our law workshop this weekend. We will be recording that. That was part of our fun technological challenges yesterday, <laughs> setting that up. Uh, but uh, that will uh, be available to our new private co-op, which will be coming out on alphavedic.com. I actually am going to put that out there. I decided as sort of a learn dash LMS type platform, we're going to integrate into the, the system. So uh, it'll be great. As a member, you just get automatic access to this online workshop uh, that will be um, <clears throat> being held by uh, uh, Marsha Ann, who is an expert in trust law and well, cosmic law, divine law, whatever you want to call it. And of course, Ron Gibson, the land patent king, will be there uh, tomorrow as well, walking us through that. And that will all be recorded and put into a uh, concise online workshop, which will be available to all of our private members. So uh, definitely uh, look forward to getting that going. That will be how we launch this new system. So thanks for everyone for being patient with us as we get that dialed. We appreciate you. Uh, okay, uh, I think that's it. I'm going to go ahead and uh, introduce our lovely guest 
Devin Verana, uh, quote, I am a rebel warrior who is unafraid to speak my truth or stand my ground. Dr. Devin Verana wears many hats, mother of five, chiropractor, inspirational speaker, MC, event facilitator, rebel, and daydream believer. Ultimately, she's just a small town girl with a big heart on a big mission to live the gift of life fully and vibrantly alive. I'm a relentlessly, relentless seeker and student of what makes a person come alive, body, mind, and soul. Dr. Verana's passion projects all, <clears throat> excuse me, Dr. Verana's passion projects are all inspired by her soul calling to help people remember the power they carry within and how to shine. Quote, I am dreamer who expects miracles. In Devin's own words, quote, I have laid my hands on and held healing space for thousands of aches, pains, and broken hearts. I serve babies only minutes old all the way up to centurions, pregnant moms, athletes, farmers, kids, teens, all kinds of kinds. And I love it, end quote. Devin believes that the power that made the body heals the body and that you are powerful beyond all measure, and with the proper support, you can heal through and rise above any challenge. Are you ready to be inspired? Well, this roundtable discussion will definitely bring up the energy levels today. Those that are feeling a little down, maybe the uh, the summer blues or uh, things seem to be dragging on this week. If I know a lot of the country in the U.S. are dealing with drought and very hot weather. Well, it's all about the internal self in the end and outlook, the mental, the emotional, the spiritual, and Devin always brings it, Dr. Lando. Uh, so happy to have her on today. Devin, uh, awesome to have you on. Thank you so much. Uh, it's been really delightful getting to know you. You know, we've had a few private conversations, and so I'm looking forward to this. Really looking forward to seeing you, what, tomorrow? That's crazy. I think you're on mute there. Yes, we get to um, do play virtually and teleport to one another um, through the screen today. And tomorrow I get to hold you for the first time in, in my heart. <laughs> um, I could not be more excited for the space we're going to share this weekend. So thank uh, you. That's awesome. Today. Us too. By the way, I have a hat just like that, but I didn't want to wear it and, uh -huh. this and match you today. <laughs> well, Please. that's what I meant to say. She literally wears many different hats. <laughs> Amazing. So, um, you know, this weekend, of course, we're doing I Am the Living Law seminar uh, with Marsha Ann, with Ron Gibson, uh, of course, Michael, myself, and, and then Shauna, uh, who is uh, also um, a partner with Marsha Ann, will all be there. So we're going to have a great time. You know, what's great about the the workshop that we're going to be doing is, uh, yeah, we'll be we'll be doing brass tacks as far as trust and and how to do business and stay in the private and, you know, guard all our goodies so the creature class can't steal everything from us. But it's really about the resonance and, um, you know, the resonance, which is why we call it I am the living law. Um uh, I'm going to actually uh, do a little introduction tomorrow with this, but, you know, I am is uh, the English translation of Om, which is a universal intonation of the Godhead, the creator, however you want to think of it. But I am has a, a new dimension to it because it gives the intellect, uh, you know, 
just some fuel as far as grounding it in. And, you know, we live in a time where uh, we're bringing in spirit, but we're the warriors on the ground as, as uh, your exemplary, you know, an example of that. And so it's really the Christ consciousness uh, of being the blend of, you know, uh, understanding, being one with spirit, but then grounding it in. And that's what I am, the living law means. And we'll talk more about that all weekend, because you can have, uh, as Marsha will teach us, you can have all the form in the world, all the best documents. And if there's no mana behind it, if you don't own it, if you don't bring the resonance into that form, then it's it's all pretty useless. And that's, uh, you know, Marsha is taking us to that next level of understanding. And as a group, we're going to create an elective resonance and really focus that in even stronger. You know, that old saying, too, in my name, uh, you know, mm -hmm. uh, so with the group, we're going to amplify that resonance so that we all kind of float away after the after the workshop. But that brings us right into our talk today, because you are a practitioner of the healing arts. Mm -hmm. uh, I was for many years. I actually, I still am. You know, I, I uh, took down my shingle and closed up my clinic, but I still work in other ways. And it's been a journey. And along the way, and, and I know you've, you've learned a lot of great things and techniques and understand how to do modalities and, and you're an expert at your trade. But you can do all that outer stuff. And if you don't resonate with bringing spirit into it, you know, you can stick needles in people, you can give adjustments, you could do anything. Again, if there's no mana behind it, uh, you know, what's the use? And, and I have uh, heard very few people other than yourself bring in that level of awareness uh, the passion. That's why you succeed the way you do with people. That's why you affect so many people. Um, you know, many years of learning all outer techniques and doing all sorts of things, uh, you know, it became more and more apparent to me during my practice years that that's what it was all about. And it also occurred to me that all the things I had learned, yeah, they had some use, you know, they're a way to interpret spirit. Uh, into the practice, but basically they're more for my amusement. Well, and yeah, so uh, please, your thoughts on any of that? And um, I, I thanks, I, thanks again for being with us. Oh my goodness, so many things. I mean, it really is an honor. I loved, you know, getting to share space in the event and um, in the mastermind, getting to dive into health with you. Um, bear and all of the living law. I mean, to touch on that for a second, when, Mike, when you sent that to me, you talk about resonance, right? When, when you tapped me with the opportunity to join in this weekend, I've just immediately started crying at the name. I am the living law because when you speak words that hold that vibration and you mean it, and you really take it into your body, into your bones, it's healing in and of itself. Um, and in the moment, just speaking, it was like, I have to be there. I mean, I immediately, I was like, Joe, we got to go. Um, I don't know any details. I don't know how much it costs. I like the name and um, the circle of lights that I know will be there at this um, was like, I have, I have to be there. I could, I could feel it. So it is resonance. And like Marsha and Shauna so beautifully have gifted me, it comes to substance. Like we are human. We are, you know, this, it, it, you have the forms and how you step into this way of life, but 
It has to become the substance of who you are. And these core values, I mean, I think that we talk about all of it, but, and it all sounds good in theories. There's not a shortage of information out there right now. There's an abundance, but what are you actually integrating? What are you actually integrating? What are you um, implementing in your day-to-day life? What do you, when it comes down to it, what do you stand in and for? And that's, you know, been a very interesting, even eight months of this year with chiropractic, to your point of what you were just saying, the adjustment is no different than a pharmaceutical pill if the doctor's patient, doctor and patient mentality is you sick, me fix, I'm, I'm going to deliver an adjustment from the outside into your system. But if there is a resonance between the doctor, between the chiropractor and um, the human being on the table, um, they become one for a minute. And that person comes and says, here's my pain. Here's my subluxation. Here's, I'm, here's where I'm stuck. And I think we're almost like detectives of what is it that's here and what can I witness with you? And then what type of adjustment can I provide with you to create space for light to pour in? And that's just, it's a different way to be a chiropractor. And so, I mean, I've struggled honestly over the last few years of like, am I just adding to the problem that we're going through? Because I'm still keeping people in this model. Like I know something they don't know. And that's not true. That is not the living law. And so I love the way you two level us all up because it's time to step up. Um, and so I, I'm just really excited for where this conversation is going to go because for the practitioners out there, it's time to look in the mirror and really look at what you're telling people in your day-to-day interactions with the, the people you serve and um, yeah, what, what truth are you standing in? Absolutely. You know, in the original I Am teachings, which uh, for folks that aren't aware of this, you know, it's not a church, it's not a religion, it's physics. Uh, Yesterday's metaphysics is today's physics. And the deeper you dive, you realize, hey, we can explain this with waveform mechanics. Uh, Rudolf Steiner had his own way, you know, Gerta, of of describing what we're talking about here. So we're not talking about woo-woo, and you can actually apply these principles and observe results, especially internally. But um, in those teachings, they actually talk about people that are engaged in the healing arts. And they talk about how it's a a personal journey. And you do get to the point where you no longer need any external mediums, even laying your hands on people. And in fact, at a certain point, and I realized this a number of years back where I had to close up shop and I couldn't put my hands on folks. It just, you know, became very strongly intuitive um, because it would be retarding my own uh, progress of what I, you know, what I was getting out of, uh, you know, being a practitioner all those years. Uh, And I had to go completely into those other levels, which, you know, aren't make-believe, although you originally or initially have to use your imagination and, you know, use a different part of your sense apparatus. And then you just work completely from there to create coherence on those other planes that then will supersede everything in the physical body. So, uh, yeah, very well said. Uh, Practitioners, even what we call nature paths, chiropractors, you know, we're supposed to be the, 
the ones that are an alternative means, but I think we just become standardized medical pr uh, professionals, no matter what we call ourselves. Well, look at the participation in insurance, right? I mean, you got to really strip down every choice you're making. And, and in that keen awareness of what game am I playing and radical honesty of how sick are my systems in my own home, right? Because so, so I had to really look at all of my incongruencies as I stay curious, because I don't believe I've arrived, like to your point, like we're always, we're in this expansion evolution. Um, and I, you know, I won't, I remember, I, I guess the most, like what comes up for me is in 2020, when the masking stuff started, you know, I was like, this is between me and my God, not me and my governor. And what I serve in here is truth. And that's, that's who I am. Hands, heart, voice, that's who I am. And so I understand there's these mandates, but even putting that on to me was going against what I'd been called to do. And that's a non-negotiable. And so I think over the last few years, we've all been given different opportunities to, it looks like everything's happening inward, but it's all inward. It's all, it looks like it's all external out in the outer world, but it's all an inward game of like, what was I living prior to COVID? What am I living now? And where, where am I going? Where are we going? You know? So if you don't mind backing up a little bit, and I've never talked to you about this, uh, what was your impetus as far as getting into the uh, healing arts in the first place? Yeah. What was your I, journey? What led you there? So I was pre-med, um, pre-dentistry, had life all figured out, just wanted to help people, wasn't really sure how. And then um, I got pregnant my junior year of um, college and single mom, I mean, everything just kind of went into a tornado for a time where it was like, oh man, I was going to travel. I was going to go serve overseas. I had it all figured out. And then God laughed at me and the best thing in the world happened. And Roman was born and, um, he had a really rough birth and, um, forceps and he wasn't a sick kid, but he just wasn't ever well. And so we were cycling like ear infections and different stuff. And I'm really, you know, he didn't sleep for a year and a half, two years. I mean, he, he did not sleep through the night. So I was up all night. I was putting myself through college and I'm coming up on graduation. I was like, took the MCAT, did the things. I'm like, I don't believe in pharmaceuticals. It doesn't resonate with me. I pass out at the sight of blood. So surgery is not like an option for me, if, even if I wanted to. And um, shadowed a dentist and I was like, none of this is it. And I was um, bartending my way through school and I just happened to wait on this big party and the guy that came and paid the tab, I, you know, um, he just, he was kind of this light of the party. And then he came up and he, he paid for everyone. And I like had to kind of choke on, on my own, you know, very, very poor tears of like, I want to be able to do that. And I said, what do you do? And said, I'm a chiropractor. Where'd you go to school for that? Cleveland chiropractic. So I go home that night, middle of the night, coming home look it up. They have a discovery day the next week I go and I will just never forget calling my mom and be like, like, cause they were talking about the power that made the body and expecting miracles and all these things. I was like, mom, this is what I've been looking for. I'm going to be a chiropractor. And she's like, how much does it cost? I was like, I have no idea. She's like, well, how long's the schooling? I don't know. And she, Devin, I was like, no, but this is it. And so I always say chiropractic came from me because I actually didn't get my first adjustment until I was uh, about a month and a half into school. Um, I committed, you know, to it just soul first. 
And I think that's what has honestly been the greatest gift because I didn't have any preconceived notions of what it was or what it wasn't. And it's just, I mean, if I look at it, you know, um, in its practice, in its philosophy, in how it's led me to people like you, um, there's just this innate whisper um, that I have fallen madly in love with that just keeps teaching me things along the way. So um, by total accident or divine blessing, I guess, is how I got here. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, you know, if you study the, um, the pioneers of uh, naturopathy, of chiropractic, uh, you know, when I was in chiropractic college, I was a Gonstead practitioner. Now, I had already had a, you know, a little career in emergency medicine and, you know, had the Chinese medicine background and naturopathy. And then chiropractic was kind of my last, you know, my last little formal training. And uh, I wanted to be a really good adjuster. And I felt that Gonstead had the, the um, you know, the best technique, just really refined. And so that's what I did. And it was interesting because when I was in the Gonstead club, they knew about a lot of my other background and they would think I was a little bit woo-woo because I was in Chinese medicine and applied kinesiology and all these sorts of things. But then the more I learned about Gonstead, just like D.D. Uh, Palmer and some of the other pioneers, they were uh, not only very eclectic, uh, not confining themselves just to, to a chiropractic adjustment, but they were all about exactly what we're talking about today. They were uh, men of spirit and they really understood it was about resonance. And of course, uh, they brought in certain techniques that became synonymous with, you know, whatever healing art you're practicing. But all the early ones were greats. And then it seems like the followers always become, oh, it's just about, you know, putting a needle in somebody or just about the adjustment. Yeah, it, you know, to Dee Dee Palmer, I mean, most people don't know the very first adjustment was, you know, um, he was a magnetic healer, Dee Dee, and it was all about tone. And he happened to see a janitor that um, it looked like something was out of place and he just forced the bone um, and the man's hearing was restored. And so the, the roots of chiropractic were never about pain. I mean, whenever I meet anybody, anywhere, airports, restaurant, you name it, events like, oh man, you think I could get, you know, it's like, it's, we're completely programmed that chiropractic means pain. And, um, that didn't come along till, you know, mid 90s, 1900s, where, you know, we wanted to fit into insurance. We wanted to be accepted by other healing arts. And you look at Reggie gold and other chiropractors, they wanted to make chiropractic a religion instead of a healing art, because they knew that the religion couldn't be controlled versus like, you know, we have to look at, we sign up for licenses. We are, you know, we have to abide by certain agreements. We pay $200,000 for our education. Like some of the choice, because we entangled ourselves with the systems to be accept and really stripping down why we've done that and insurance and the whole game. Right. But there are, I mean, you can't meet two chiropractors that have the same technique or even philosophy. Um, because we, you know, everybody kind of has a different approach and it, um, it is a fascinating profession, but I don't know if you've ever, are you familiar with the subtle um, energy body, the book that just kind of lays out all the different healing arts, chiropractic being one of them, traditional Chinese medicine, acupuncture, and it's an encyclopedia of energy pathways, prana. It has them all in there. And that book, when I found that about a year or two out of, out of school, it was like, oh, 
it's kind of like different languages, right? Like you have Mandarin and you have Spanish and you have English. And just like we use different languages to communicate, these practices use different energy languages to tap into those healing frequencies. Um, and I, I think that kind of took the, took me out of the box to stay only chiropractic, right? I have, you know, acupuncture training and as well, and it's all, it's all the same, right? It's all, it's all energy. It's all resonance. It's all tone. And it's up to, you know, our callings, which road we take and which language we want to speak to get there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, we're using the term healing arts, uh, quite a bit. And to a lot of people, I think that automatically means you aren't a scientist. Uh, can you speak a little on that? Mm -hmm. Science. What a word, huh? Like you, we could have a whole list of words that come 2020 and beyond don't even mean the same thing anymore. Um, you know, I, I take that as a compliment, um, because I do live and love and, um, heal through my heart first. And I don't have, I don't, I don't, I don't need anybody's approval with that. And I think the people that live in their heads, um, serve a purpose and um, we just have different, again, ways to communicate, but there's plenty of evidence and research. And um, I mean, I don't know. I, I think about Joe Dispenza where he's like, I spent the first half of my career writing books and putting things out for my haters to prove my own you know, legitimacy. And I will spend the rest of my life serving the people who live and lead the same way I do. And I'm, I'm going to go with that right? It's like for the people that want to tell me I'm this, that, not enough, not enough, whatever. I'm just not for you. And I am totally okay with that. Hey, Devin, real quick. Is that book called The Subtle Body? Is that by Cindy Dale? Uh, yes. You know? Yeah. Okay. Have a That's... Picture of like chakra. Yeah. 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 It's I think I have that on our Amazon book list, y'all. If I don't, I will get that back on. I'm pretty sure I put it on there like three years ago. <laughs> if you go to alphabetic.com forward slash book list, you can find that book. Go ahead. Sorry. It's, it's so good. I mean, it just, again, it's like people get so stuck in their own lane. And I think we just, it's all about, especially if you, you transition, call it 3d to 5d, this awakening, expanding consciousness adventure that we're in. Like, there isn't one way for anyone that those days are gone. And, um, I don't want to leave practice to your point where you were saying when we first got in and you're like, I, at this point, I couldn't be there anymore. Um, I'm not there yet. And if I look back on who I was even six months ago or a few years, it's like the world is different. If we're not evolving, if we're, we're not curious about the way we serve and live, like, I don't know, that's, that's, nonsensical to me because it's, we, you know, there's so much still to learn. Yeah. I moved on from hands-on simply because I spent 40 years doing it. So there comes a yeah. point in your life where you say, Hey, I gave it the office, you know, and, well, uh, and, and then also things, you know, do occur to you over the years. You do get to collect some dots if you're paying attention. And that was just, you know, my evolution. I didn't get there any quicker than anyone else. I, in fact, I think I was probably a slow learner to have to spend that many years, you know, doing it, you know, early on, um, when I left conventional medical system, I, uh, you know, when I into my retraining, 
But then I met this character. He's uh, a traditional healer from uh, an indigenous culture. He was like old school. He was in his 90s. And, and at that point, I was maybe 30 or something. And uh, he was chosen at birth. That's the way they did it. You know, the real deal back then. And I was kind of his last mission in life. So he told me. Uh, but what really shifted me, I was, uh, you know, really kind of naturally inclining towards, uh, you know, the natural arts, but I was still pretty much in the outer form. Mm -hmm. And he took me under his wing. I did a, a, a whole year apprenticeship with him. And uh, he did things that uh, completely bent my noodle and, uh, you know, put me through experiences that just aren't supposed to happen logically. And so from that, and that was just, you know, what really shifted me off the form boat. And, you know, I kept doing a lot of training and everything from that point on, I realized, oh, no, this is happening on a whole different level here. And, you know, what's interesting is we live in a time where even a lot of mainstream science is starting to come on board and say, you know, form is created by resonance. And resonance is what you project with your feeling through your heart. And so it's not that far-fetched uh, to understand what the alchemist of past years knew that, you know, science without philosophy is not real science. You know, you have to be connected with spirit. So I think we're really getting there as a species, sure. but, uh, you know, the, the folks that have vested interest in the old way are trying to put the brakes on us. Um, how has your experience been operating in a system that's designed to put the brakes on? Um, man, I mean, I can, you know, I speak to that as, as a human, um, as a mom, right? Um, and from the practitioner side, I'd probably answer it a little bit differently, but um, we get these, we get these things, these um, moments that we encounter and then life is never the same, right? And so I, I think about my son, my first son's birth. I think about um, when I watched, so I vaccinated him through the first couple of visits. It's what you do. Like I was 21, I was already failing at, you know, motherhood because I didn't know what I was doing. Um, but I saw the reactions he was having and I just innately stopped going. Um, but when I met Dr. Larry Pilevsky years later, um, it was, I, I took him to his two month and his four month and the reactions they were telling me is normal. I'm like, this is not normal. Um, and I just quit going. And um, then later as in my pediatric chiropractic training, I met Larry Pilevsky and you know, you, you talk about the, the man that you met. It's like, we get these beautiful teachers that just, and you're not the same. Um, and Larry, you know, board certified pediatrician lays out, you know, what, you know, the well child checks and vaccines. And I just remember sobbing of, of what, what I'd been through, but what children were going through. And it's like the, the, you could see it on my life scale, but then, oh my God, somebody's got to do something right now. It's really a hot topic now. Um, and in birth, I mean, there's so many big lies, right. Of how do you untangle what we have created and you said it earlier where now metaphysics is just physics and i don't none of this started with us and it's not going to end with us in this lifetime we're just you know kind of singing the song forward and i think we you know we'll take it to a certain 
you know, place and we're going to help people wake up. But, you know, a couple hundred years from now, who knows where it's all going to be, you know? And I think we, we have to live it first. Um, and as we experience those light bulb transformations, then as practitioners, our truth and our practices and our services have to have to shift as well so that we can level up, right? It's like, I go through it first and then I reach backwards and I bring some people back up with me. And then, I, I mean, to me, that's just the name of the game. Yeah. Well, my kids have a chiropractor to thank for not getting the shots because I was still in emergency medicine when I had my first one. And I had an old football injury and I thought, oh, what the hell, I'll try a chiropractor, you know, to go in and, you know, see if he could help me with a shoulder issue. And I go in there, I'm in his waiting room, first visit. I didn't know what to expect. You know, my peers back at work thought I was crazy to see a chiropractor, but I was curious. And there on the uh, table in the waiting room was, um, what was it called? The Harold Mendelssohn uh, Confessions of a Medical Heretic. And it was all about the shots. I'm just using different words here so we don't get our third strike on YouTube. Um, and so I was like, wow, could this possibly be true? This guy is chief of staff of a major research hospital. You know, this is crazy. So uh, our child was just months away from being born. So I went on a crash course. I went through all the emotions. It's like, oh, my God, what if I do this and something happens to him? What if I don't do it? What if something happens then? So I was really torn, you know, so I understand the whole dilemma that people went through. But then spirit just sort of guided both my wife and myself we said, no, we were not doing that. And um, and our kids to this day are completely thankful uh, they have kids, you know, we're grandparents, none of my grandchildren have ever been injected. And everybody seems really healthy, really bright. And uh, in what I notice in my own kids is they've just always had that ability to see through things, you know, their neurology has never been tampered with. Well, and you quite you once you see a crack, it's like, what else is here? You know, and that's where a lot of us were we knew in March of 2020 is like, this is not what it appears to be. Um, and I, you know, we all have our own roads over the last few years, but I mean, it was like, okay. And, and now I just, it, 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 it didn't create, um, chaos. It just exposed the chaos and the lies that were already there, you know? And so I, I mean, I, this has taken me even further of how entangled it all is. And, um, and I'm so grateful for it. You know, I mean, I think there's, there's a, so much unlearning to do, you know, before we hit record to get started here today, I just briefly shared about, you know, the school system and the choices that we all have to make. I mean, I think it's like you kind of pass one lesson, so like you get the resonance first to, you know, you get the idea. And then when you bring it into your substance, you bring it into your bones, you bring it into your home. Cause you first have to start with this awareness. Oh, maybe these shots aren't a good idea. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay. Now I'm going to live it. What's the next layer of the lesson, right? There's just this, and you kind of, you go to the next one and man, we are really seeing how deep the rabbit hole, so to speak goes. Um, that in where- the network effect is, is also though, um, kind of counterbalancing a lot of the uh, manufactured chaos because thanks to bear going to that Cairo, um, he in, in effect influenced me because he was the one I went to when we were pregnant with our first kiddo. 
And I was going through the same stuff every parent does. You want to do what's best for your child, right? And the conventional system's telling you you're evil if you don't follow, you know, you're putting your child in, in harm's way. And I trusted him because I am best friends with his son who's never sick. So I was just like, that makes so much sense. And now look at my children. They see they are the biggest BS callers. You're so on point with that bear. Like they just cut through my BS. I'm like all the time because they are so intuitively awake. And that, I guess, is the spirit that worse than the Asperger's or the, or, you know, the, all, of, I mean, all, obviously all of those neurological disorders and everything that comes from it are horrendous. But I think of above and beyond that, everybody who's getting the jibby jab, there's some sort of like consciousness shutoff valve or something going on. And I remember Bear, you telling me that, that it's a, it's a higher plane resonance that's being affected than just the neurological, physical, chemical. And that to me, I can spot now almost immediately when I look at other children. And there was a child yesterday at, um, at uh, <clears throat> the, uh, my kids are going to junior lifeguard right now. And this little boy came up to me, right up to me and started just talking to me vibrantly about the most interesting things and was just like a little adult. He was eight year old. And I found out through some channels that from what I can gather that his parents are pretty hip and pretty awake. And I was like, look at this little spark of consciousness interacting. And it's this network effect because as other people are, you know, unfortunately going through pain, they're going to see those who aren't because of the decisions they made. And hopefully that light is just going to keep spreading as we've seen over the last two years, especially since of COVID. So, uh, you know, it's just amazing to watch it unfold. But uh, Devin, uh, so obviously with your first child going mm -hmm. through that, and now for those that don't know, you have six children, correct? Or five, five. you have, but you have a set of twins. Two right? sets. Two, that's right, two sets of <laughs> twins, two sets of twins. And now of those other, the other, the, the twins, they are, no jibby jabs or yeah, none. No. And from your own personal experience, what had what has that been like raising children yeah, like, like what that? What you guys are talking about, it's like it's not about the jibby jab or the it's not yeah. about that. It's about the belief system and the infrastructure of like who they believe they are and their connection to their source. It's like it's not just that we don't do that, it's why we don't do that. Like it's, it's the reasonings and the things that I've seen and the conversations that I had early on with them, you know, um, I mean, there, I went through a period of, of anger, quite frankly, after Roman, it was just like, rah, Hulk smash. Like, how dare you do this to children? And, um, I probably still have a little bit of that, um, in me. And, uh, so when the first set of twins, so Roman is 17 and then Jagger and Knox are 11 and Magnolia and Phoenix are six. And so there's gaps between, and I was a different woman giving birth each time. Right. And so they, they kind of reflect that back at me in different ways, but with Jagger and Knox, I still didn't really know, like, I didn't trust it. I knew I'd, I'd had the, I'd, I had Larry Pilevsky. I had all these trainings. I knew that they were bad. I knew I didn't want them. But I still didn't fully trust that source, that healing within them that do they not need them? Like the indoctrination in me was so deep that it's like my parents, different, you know, friends, of everyone has opinions of like, hold on, you're not, you're, when's the last time they saw the pediatrician? It's like, well, they don't go. What do you mean they don't go? I mean, it's, it's a way of life. It's, it's really not about a thing or not getting a thing. It's, it's 
the way that we build our home um, in those belief systems. And so, but, but by the time Magnolia and Phoenix came, it's like, there was no doubt. I mean, it, you know, and now it's like when this whole thing came around, it's like, it, you, you just, you're unaware and then you're aware and then it's so ingrained in you. You couldn't go back if you tried. Right. And that's, that's where I'm at with that now. But my new lesson is school because it's the same doubt. It's the same fear. It's the same lack of trust. Right. Uh, and it's the same indoctrination sickness. Um, I even joked kind of like in a sad way with my husband this morning. I'm like, cause we did the same thing last year. It was all this doubt of like, are we doing the right thing? We need to keep them home. No, we need to put them in. We need to keep them home. We need to put them in. And it's, it's cellular. I mean, my body went to school every August for years. And so it's, it's literally like in my neurology and in my cells that that's what we do when August comes is we go to school. And so no wonder I keep bumping into myself every time it comes around. It's not, it's literally all those past thoughts of, am I failing them? Is this like, it's no different than those first kind of gauntlets I had with not doing any more shots. It's the same internal conversation with God. It's like, hold on this way. Are you sure everybody's going that way? You sure you want me to go this way? And it's like, okay, let's go this way. Um, and there's no going back. Yeah. You know, um, good point to make is that a lot of folks that decide to not do it to their kids, then they go into alternative means, which can be helpful, you know, in order to allegedly build immunity in an alternative fashion, but it's still kind of fear-based that you're warding something off. So you're kind of in the same boat. And adversely, the people that do do, uh, you know, to their kids, and then after the fact say, oh my God, what I did, I think what we have to understand is you have to go back to basic science principles, which is form follows resonance. You, it can't go the other way. You know, the toaster oven can't, you know, work unless the juice is coming through the cord. You know, the, it, it always follows energy. So let's just say that somebody has gotten some shots. And let's just say those shots have some DNA altering substances, which, you know, they're doing a lot of devious things and putting those in there, no doubt. And they're not good for you. But when you change your internal residence, then you don't have to spend your lifetime being a victim of that. The whole point is to wake up. Now, on the other hand, if you did do it and then you spend your life, um, you know, in that same belief system, that residence that you need those, then that is going to make the permanent DNA changes. Otherwise, the DNA will not be able to take hold long term. So residence trumps form. And, you know, and if you woke up after the fact, you're still good, but just realize it's an internal game. Yeah, I wish we had a pit like a, a picture of the power versus force, you know, the um the different layers of enlightened the emo the emotions and the weight that they carry, the the like numbers, because that, that's it, right? If you are most people got it out of obligation, most fear, right? And that's one of the lower vibrations or guilt or shame, which is even worse, even more dense. So what they got from that level of emotional belief and emotional intelligence. They got it at that level and it's locked in at that level. Well, as you start to awaken way up in, you know, um, in joy and enlightenment and peace, and you start to, you know, turn into more wave form than the particle and, and form that way, I, you can heal anything. 
You know, I think even in our freedom movement over the last few years, I've had to really kind of step back because we get so heavy handed in fear, but in the opposite direction, right? Oh, you did this. Now you're doomed. And it's like, yeah, but I expect miracles. And the same God that I'm saying can spontaneously heal stage four camper cancer. You mean to tell me that it, that that same innate, that same God, that same source within us couldn't take care of this, that measly old little thing could take care of anything with the right awareness, with the right peacemaking. And, um, you know, and that, that's my belief. That's, that's what I'm going to anchor to, because I just don't believe that, um, that there's something out there um, devious that way that can't be overcome with light, with love. Um, I just, that's, I'm, I, I don't, I'm not letting that go. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say too, you know, we like, we demonize the materialist, but a lot on this platform, because it's so frustrating to see where scientism has taken us down the materialistic plane. And we see how it's subjugated even the alternative healing modalities into materialism. And we see like green allopathy, like we're seeing with a lot of Kairos, everything's just all about the material plane, but the material plane is the dense material plane is a great, it's a place where we learn lessons, right? It's where pain exists. It's where all this happens that will then hopefully eventually kick our ass back up into these other more important or not necessarily more important, but these other uh, areas of reality that are um, <clears throat> what essentially precipitate that material plane to begin with. So pain's important, all of this, you know, these th those who have unfortunately made these decisions, we all have karmic repercussions for what we make, these decisions in this life. And I was just talking to Bear uh, a couple days ago about how my children were going through pain last week because they had come down with something and they one had a fever and we had, you know, junior lifeguards next week. And I was like, I don't want them to be in pain and be sick. So I, I was like, tell you what, son, I'm going to pull this fever out of you. Uh, and I did a little bit. Of, I don't even know what I'm doing. I intuitively felt like I was putting my hands on him. And what do you know? Next day he was jumping around and good. And I was like, it worked. And then what happens now? I'm sick. <laughs> and, uh, same thing with my other son. And, uh, you can probably those listening hear it in my voice a little bit. I'm recovering from it. So I was like, wow, that was nuts. And I called Bear and I, I told him, hey man, I have a fever now and I'm not doing well. And I thought I did what was right. And Bear, what did you tell me? Well, I just uh, related some personal experience. You know, I used to see a lot of people every day early on in my practice and um, great people, but then I'd find that one person that would kind of uh, get their hooks into me energetically. I'd always take that home. But I also, uh, you know, kind of bought in back then that I was doing some healing on other people. So I would take on that residence myself and then I'd go down the tubes in the process. So what I shared with Michael was, um, you don't want to do that. <laughs> what you want to <laughs> do is come from your I am residence, which is your electronic body that resides over every single one of our heads. If it wasn't there, we'd be dead or in a doornail in our, our, our projected would uh, you know cease to exist on the moment and that uh, you go from that electronic body to the I am presence of the people that you're working with trying to help and you go from there to there so you're not using your own juice because we've only got so much stored juice you know here on the ground we've got to have it replenished moment by moment so go above to that source to their source and if you're using 
you know, uh, pranic healing, you know, using colors or, or even putting your hands on somebody on the ground, you always have that connection above down to them, not from yourself to them, because you're going to deplete yourself real quick that way. And that is also the reason why doctors of all types have very short lifespans compared to regular people. Well, what a, what a, void it creates to feel like you are this like well that people need to come drink from so to speak it's like well, that only ends one way like to your point that's why a lot of the most powerful healing practitioners burn out um, because you can't give what you don't have and um, and it's just leading people further away from what's true in in in, a, in my opinion it sounds like yours which is you know so to mike you know your point I shared, you know, I've had different family members um, go through really, really tough stuff. When my mom, you know, stage four cancer, it was, and every single one of her bones, which I think I look back as this, you know, divine karmic joke of sorts of like it, it was in a place I couldn't get to it. So I literally couldn't put my hands on her um, that the way that I knew how. So I had to search somewhere else. And it was just holding space, but I so badly wanted to take it away. Well, what does that mean? Where's it go? If I take it, then where am I, what am I doing with it? You know? And one of my really, really good men, like friends and mentors just said, that's not yours. These symptoms, this pain, chiropractors, subluxation, you know, this stuck energy, it's intelligent. It's not bad. Why do we judge it? Like we need to reverse engineer all of that that pain, pay attention inside now is just an opportunity to grow and to heal. So when our kids get any kind of anything, number one, they come and say, mom, you know, I need you. Um, and they, what do they really need? My love, my acknowledgement that they're safe and they're okay. But they also need me to speak certainty into them of like, that's awesome, dude, you're getting an upgrade. Your weak cells are on the way out. Your tough cells are coming in. Like, and I, and I'll visualize that with them. Um, you know, I had a series of really crazy hallucinating fevers about a year and a half ago. And I was sitting there and I'm like, man, if I didn't know what I know, I would be terrified of what's happening to me right now. And I called that good friend and mentor. And she said, I want you to close your eyes and just imagine like where that ache was at. Cause it was in my hips. And she was like, I want you to visualize, you know, her bones are turning to a new matrix of, you know, an indestructible, you're getting this upgrade of your machine. And so going to those visualizations and then teaching them to my children when they have that, if you're throwing up, awesome. Oh my God, aren't you glad that we have that? You know, it's like bringing them into that, um, that voice within themselves of like, not what is happening to me, but what, what's happening for me here, you know? Yeah. The, the other part of that is uh, to assure that energy isn't just changing resonance, you know? Uh, is when you're doing that, you also make the call to the presence that the cause effect record in memory is eradicated from the universe. So it touches no other part of life again. Mm. Whoa. Say that That's again. And whoever is listening, <laughs> write this down, put it in your pocket. <laughs> I hope I can say it again. <laughs> um, eliminate the cause effect record in memory so that this energy can never affect any other part of life again. Mm. Mm. That's beautiful. 
Yeah, and there's a lot there's a lot that comes in with like natural law and stuff, right? With free will. And if like as a parent, it's tough because you want to sort of, you know, alleviate pain, of course, and you want to be the savior in many ways as like, you know, the hero dad or mom, but also you gotta have respect for what the little soul karmically is going through themselves. And especially, you know, who knows how many lifetimes of things that they've gone through and that this is now part of their path and to come in and interfere in a way um, karmically can affect both of you in ways that are potentially way more powerful than you would ever even uh, be aware of with just like a simple fever. So that was a really um, profound thing you told me, Bear, a couple of days ago. And I've really been kind of spinning off thinking about it ever since because it ties in so much of what we talk about on the show in terms of um you know uh the law right and how we engage with each other and how we are as consciousness and uh also reminded me a little bit of what kelly brogan talks about in terms of victim consciousness and being a savior and how really that's just my own inability to cope with uh it's probably some crap i got to deal with and that uh, maybe i'm enabling and that's weak parenting instead i need to be a little tougher because my wife you'll who you'll be meeting to uh very soon here Devin. she's a little bit more of the disciplinarian and i'm a little bit more of the enabler and uh that's some stuff I got to work on. So um, yeah, it's been a really amazing life lesson this week. And uh, once again, the density of this realm, the, the physical realm, slapped me in the face, threw me a fever, gave me some pain. I had some trippy fever dreams this weekend. I'll tell you, I went to some dark, weird places and then came out to some beautiful places too. And uh, yeah, so uh, it's been a fascinating uh, time going through this just this last week. It's been intense, uh, but I value it so much. And uh, I also see a chiropractor weekly, uh, Dr. Dan, who's the man uh, and who Bear knows as well. And he's kind of a legend in this, this, this part of the woods here. And um, I value those adjustments so much because for the way I see that is it's kind of just giving me a little biofeedback and getting me back in awareness around my body and, and so that I can realize how to take care of it better. It's not so much that he's <clears throat> fixing me. I feel like he's just getting me back to homeostasis of where I need to be, but I don't know. I see, I see it as um, a sort of um, a, a way for me just to get a reminder of who I am physically, right? And so these, that's what he does for me. But then when you actually laid your hands on me in San Diego, I must say I could feel it was a different energetic about it, Devin. And um, I think that's really important to realize is there is a substantive or uh, what's the word? It's uh, uh, in terms of not just a qualitative, a qualitative aspect to everybody in terms of in, in your profession. And um, to find someone of your skill set is very uh, special. So for those in the Wichita area, uh, you're very lucky to have Devin uh, amongst you uh, there and her husband as well, who I'm looking forward to meeting this weekend, too, because yes. your husband's also a Cairo, which is very also interesting. My, my husband um, and now my sister, who I practice with, and my brother and his wife practice in South Carolina. So wow. Uh, couple of cousins. I don't know how many practice members we've sent back to chiropractic school at this point. Like it's a full on, that's the network, right? Like once you, once you feel it and you know, it's possible 
for the, you know, that for a lot of people, it's like, I want to share this too. And that's, that sounds like how bear, you know, that some of that nudge for you as well, you know, it just, what is this? I want to know more. And, um, yeah, I mean, what a beautiful testament to Dr. Dan, um, you know, of like, just it helps re you remember who you are. I don't think there's a bigger gift that we could give, um, to just hold space and go, well, here's where this is at, put it all down. Just put it down. That pause of like, just stop right here. And whatever you stand up with and walk back out of my door, you're putting back on your own shoulders. Like, and especially in my mom's, like these last few years, it's like, there hasn't been a timeout. It's not like, Hey, go take a break in Fiji for a month. You don't know. No. I mean, they're just getting ripped to shreds of like, you're not feeding them. Right. You're not schooling them. Right. You're not raising them. Right. And, and depression is higher and anxiety is higher and screens are chaos. And it's, nuts to hold the grid for your family right now. And, um, and so women come in and they're like, I don't, I don't know why I hurt. And it's like, Hey, is it anger? Is it fear? Is it sadness? Like just acknowledge what your body is carrying within it and just breathe it out for a second, you know? And I, I think like, again, it's just the opportunity to witness life on people's shoulders and in their backs and where they hold the different stressors and traumas that they've been through. It is a privilege to lay my hands on those types of wounds and say, all right, get back out there. You know, like I can't, I really can't imagine doing anything else. So medical practice is really just holding a space mm -hmm. and the, the more you can resonate in that neutrality, mm. then it gives, it widens the opportunity. You know, I, I used to see uh, mostly cancer people, people with MS, you know, it's kind of a rough practice. And um, I had a dream, I wasn't, uh, this just kind of occurred to me. Early on in my years, I had this dream, I was very lucid. And I had this client who came in, was pretty rough shape. She was supposed to leave the planet pretty soon. And um, in a dream, I was with her and the dream seemed like it went on for days because I was with her that long and it was just simply holding a space. And uh, I don't know what you'd call it, but just there was a lot going on in there and, and you know, equal for my benefit. And uh all of a sudden, after days and days of being with her and just being in the space that I had to hold for myself and for her to not allow any other beliefs or residents come in, she just sat up, woke up, looked me square in the eyes, looked totally different and smiled at me. Mm. And uh, in the weeks ahead, she got better. And I... I from that point on, when I was with her, you know, just normal visits, I just saw those light bulbs come on. I saw the light come back into her eyes. And I don't know how much of that was due to whatever we experienced, you know, on that other level together. But it was, uh, you know, today, you know, I don't know, that was maybe 35 years ago or something. But to this day, it just feels like it was yesterday. It's a very powerful experience to me and a, a great learning for me as far as what's really going on. Well, and most people get stuck in those stories where they don't 
their expectation is more sickness is more symptoms, more death even, you know? And so for you to see beyond that and see her with a different set of eyes, I've got a really beautiful close friend of mine that's in a, a journey um, with stage four and what she has been through um, is beyond words. And I've gotten to go on a lot of different healing adventures throughout this with her and just to hold space beside her. Um, but one of the, one of the lessons she was given with a shaman in a, in a vision that she got was when you sit across from a doctor of any kind, if when you look in their eyes, they're not looking at you with hope, say, thank you and walk out. And I think that if I could leave people with anything, it's like, I don't care what you have going on. If it's a label of any kind, a mother of a child with autism, if they tell you this is your life, thank you. Choose. This is choice. This is the next era that we're stepping into. This is, this is radical responsibility for the choices that we're making and the tribal council that we give the privilege to being a part of our health and healing. And so if those people are seeing you as a sick person, um, sorry, I got to change my, I knew my camera was going to try and do this, uh, but I'm here, but I just, I want to invite everybody to walk out. Don't let anybody see you with those eyes. Yeah, any, any doctor or anybody who projects a label or some kind of prag, pro, uh, prognosis at you is just classic voodoo. There's no other way to, to call it. It's, it's absolute black magic, regardless of the intentions of that individual, because they're laying a whopper on you and uh, really setting you up for bad things. Yeah, they, you hear the classic story. Oh, you got you know two to three months to live. You're like, how the heck could you make that call? Like, I don't care how much um, analytics and macro, you know, technological, you know, sort of statistics and all this stuff. That's insanity. That is a that is actually a microcosm right there of the insanity of the world as we speak right now. As we see, that uh, you got three to two to three months. How many people go in for a routine checkup and then they find something, they get the diagnosis and then they're dead in two weeks. Sorry. I got to Yeah, Well, that's like the whole mammogram uh, and a lot of those types of uh, diagnostic, uh, you know, supposedly, you know, <clears throat> must do tests that uh, I know bear. We've talked about this years ago on alpha cast that um, the studies alone show just by going to those tests, increase your risk far more than if you just didn't get the test to have some sort of physiological output of what they would call cancer. It's, it's in the Bible. Seek and ye shall find. You go looking for sickness and death. Guess what you're going to find? Like, I mean, I, I don't, it's like uh, herniated discs and some of the things we, we traditionally see in chiropractic or, um, you know, cancer to the conversation that we're having right here. But it's maddening. And I would probably ruffle a whole lot of feathers to the point of calling it malpractice to look another human in the eyes and give them a death sentence. If, it, if, if your code of ethics, your, your uh, contract, sole contract that you speak into existence is first do no harm. And you have the audacity to live and, and serve other humans and look them in the eyes and tell them what their expiration date is. I will pray for you. 
um, because that is, that is madness in its, in its biggest form. And, and yeah, I mean, I just, God, man, curiosity could go. So what we're doing, if it was working, I don't think we would all, and you can kind of feel my hope come out, but it's not working. Kids are freaking sick, cancer, depression, anxiety, pick one. They're out of control. We're sick and we're sad there. We summed it up. Well, why are we sick and sad? What needs, what are the choices? How, Cause there's no victim, right? Okay. We did this. How, and, and my, my mom passed in 2016, January, I was pregnant with my second set of twins. I got served a blue cross audit a couple days after she passed. Um, a little boy in my practice that I'd taken care of from the time he was born to, to his, to his funeral passed away all in like a week's time. I was so mad at God. I was like, what is this? Like, what kind of God puts this kind of suffering? And I'm on a rant in my kitchen, just blah. And my oldest son was in there about 12 at the time, making himself a little snack. And I looked at him and I was just like, Roman, what do you think? What is this? Like this death and this, this, these symptoms, what cancer? Cause that's what the little boy had passed away from. And my mom's suffering. I was so angry. I said, what do you think? And he just sat his stuff down and he looked at me real calmly. He's like, well, I don't know. Probably just God's way of telling us we're not doing something right. And he picked up his stuff and he walked out and I looked at my husband and it shakes me just like it did that day. Cause it was like, well, yeah, like pain and, and suffering it's, it's knowledge and knowledge is power, right? Diagnosis. I'm all for great. This is where we're at. This is what's going on. What choices got us here? Let's get our life off the train tracks that led to this point. Let's make different choices, set different expectations and create a new reality. Like anyway. There's my rant. <laughs> got it. You me. got me a little tear in my eye with that one. That story is incredible. That amazing what uh, a, a little uh, pure soul, soulful little child like that, just pure wisdom coming out of that soul right there. Uh, isn't that so true? And of course, you know, this is compassionate realism or whatever they want to call it. These, these MDs that are saying, you know, you got to get your effects in order and your life in order because you got months they feel like they of course will rationalize this and say well we're just being openly honest because we want to uh you know allow for these last months to be the best that they can have my wife is literally getting her master's right now in palliative care she's a hospice nurse and she would be probably the first to support what we're saying here that there is no place for that People don't care. Once they get that, you think they're going to be focusing, getting their effects in order? <laughs> you think that's going to be their focus? No. I mean, it, it, it may be a small minority. Um, they're going to spin out. They're going to spin out, and especially if they're young. You know, if they're older, then maybe that's a little easier to do. So anyways, um, yeah, it's uh, <clears throat> a big change is happening, though. Uh, I'm definitely seeing a lot of MDs. And I think you would agree too, Devin, that are um, kind of leaving the system, right? Or at least trying to, some trying to fix the system from the inside. Um, what are you seeing right now? Because you're, you're pretty active in this sort of, you know, health freedom movement and all this. Um, Bear and I are a little bit more kind of in the woods, literally, but you're out there. You do this amazing uh, event called the big idea, which we could touch on because it's very powerful. The story behind that alone is powerful. Uh, but um, and you bring in these and you you have a lot of MDs that are speaking truth. Um, are you seeing 
more MDs kind of coming over and, and coming to the, I hate to say the other side, but at least uh, seeing how the uh, establishment is failing. Well, yeah, and, and to touch, I, I didn't know that about your wife um, and her area of study, but after um, being bedside with multiple of my best friends and watching them take their last breath, I don't know, that's a pretty high honor there to, to be in hospice care and, and to go back to what I said, there, there is an end of the road that we're all going to meet. And, and sometimes like to my mom, like there was what the doctors told her and that exchange that I'm clearly very heated about, but I, I saw her. And in one day I just knew she was ready to go home. And there is a way to honor that. It's like, it's the whole basis of healthcare cannot revolve around avoiding death, right? Like it's quality of life. And so I, I just, man, like that's, that could be a whole different rabbit hole in and of itself, but. Um, and that I, is that is exactly what she always stresses about anybody who's end of life is the quality of life is more important than anything. That's and that's what well, they're vibrantly alive and why we're on our way out. It's, it's what are, it's, it's making the most time of each breath, right? Um, and, and to go forward when you're talking about MDs and different doctors, man, like, yes. And in, and in both ways, not just MDs coming over, I, I get this vision of the, like the vesicles Pisces, you know, the sacred geometry, we're all coming back to center. I don't think I'm right. I, I think I have a hundred things that are still ingrained in me that are away from truth, not closer to, I think we're all finding our way back to center and, um, and that's where I think these doctors, because they're, they're miserable. My gosh, like it's it, the, the system is designed for them to fail. They leverage so much debt into their schooling and then their practice and then their malpractice. They are so married to the lie. Can you imagine healing that? Like talking to Dr. Jess Petros, who's been to the big idea now a couple of times. I love her. Um, and she's come, uh, you know, she's moved into German new medicine and to, she's a whole living a whole different existence now. Um, but she and Kelly uh, Brogan both were at the big idea this year. And, and as they have evolved and as they have found center again, then the truth they speak and serve has to shift with it. And I think that goes for all of us. Naturopathy, if you're using, you know, homeopathy to, um, to fix an illness and it's outside in, you're still part of the problem. You're still part of the sick mindset. I don't care if it's, it's a natural thing or it's like you said, green pharmacy. It's like, we're all in, we're all finding our way back home to this, this center point of truth and empowerment. And as a practitioner, you realize <clears throat> the best homeopathic remedy is yourself. As a practitioner, you know, you're creating a residence. That's what attracts people to you. Even if your residence is not, um, let's just say, in, uh, in a real state of awareness, well, those people sometimes need that experience that will lead them to a greater uh, level of awareness. And, you know, regardless of what a practitioner does, uh, what kind of modality? And this was a realization I had a long time ago. You know, people would always ask me, well, what do you think's better or this or that? And it's like, well, there's no such thing as better. It's what do you need? But more important, who are you seeing? You know, you can see a medical doctor and have a great healing experience if their awareness is that. I had a, um, you know, when I was a kid, we had a family physician who had been, uh, you know, with my all the way through my grandparents, he was kind of older. I was actually named after him, Dr. Bear Paul. And uh, he was a true healer. He was amazing. Uh, you know, I went in there and even as a young kid, 
Uh, I just, I loved the man. He was just, you know, you could just feel his heart. And, uh, you know, that really shaped, uh, I think, a lot of my destiny besides having his namesake and everything. But, um, you know, I remember him, I think, as, as my favorite person in practice that I've ever met to this day. And he's a medical doctor. Yeah, it's not type of practitioner, it's paradigm of care, right? I mean, mm -hmm. it's, and, and, you know, in business side of chiropractic, like I go to different things and, and one of the words that always comes up that literally makes my skin crawl is retention. And this idea of like, what is your retention? Like of people staying with you. And it's like, don't we want them to outgrow us? Like, I, I mean, I, and as I shift, it's, they're not my patients. Like when I hear language like that, I mean, and I'm kind of a wordy like that, you know, I'm probably overly specific about what words mean, but um, I just don't like the, I think that's part of our sicknesses. That's dis-ease in the approach to, to health and, and practice where it's like, I'm not trying to keep you. I'm here today. And so are you. Let's share today. Let's share right now. And if you want, let's, I'll see you next week. Um, but, you know, I think that as, as I evolve, I'm not, I can look back at people that I served five years ago who look at me now and they're like, you're not the same. It's like, no, I'm not. You're right. Um, and so I, if I don't serve, if you're still married to the story of your sickness and I'm telling you, I'm not going to honor that story anymore. I view that as a service to you. And if you don't, and you choose your story, that's fine. Like, you know, I'd onward yeah, for both well, of us. Reten retention. That's a beautiful microcosm of what is wrong with anybody's business or anybody's mindset in this reality. If you're trying to retain and hold on and like, got to say, have everything be mine, right. Versus the real path towards abundance. And we talked about a, a bunch about this during the event um, with like Tara and different stuff is giving and putting out because we have an endless source as bear was saying earlier that we've that we have the spout we open up and if we close off that spout we aren't able to give more and we actually shut off the abundance to ourselves but if we give 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 what happens in your practice they heal they get better they go tell their friends hey what? look at i don't have to go back to dr devin anymore wow that's crazy let me go check her out because to be honest, one of the biggest knocks of Kairos that you hear all the time is once you go, you're going every week, you know? Yeah. So, well, uh, and, you know, during the last few years, the people that wanted, you know, that would ask me, will you please put on a mask? And my answer is no. And, and as I, I, I can't compromise the truth, I understand and, and I'm sympathetic to why you're asking. And I am more than happy to refer you to someone. If that is your choice for care, I love you enough to to honor that request, but I will not compromise my truth. I can't, I can't, it would go against the core of my relationship with God. And I, that's not something I'll compromise for anybody. And, and I had to make peace with that, you know, and there's, there are people that left and that's fine. I'm okay with that. They don't belong to me. I don't belong to them. It's we're in it. We're in this dance. And I think if more people did to your point business, but also healing, you know, practices that way where it's like, we're just here right now. Like, let's, let's do that. And, um, and you need care plans and things, you know, of sorts, but, um, but it's all the magic in the now. Um, and, and that's, yeah, that's really the only place that we ever get to be together. I told every single client that I ever saw in the very first interview with them is that they did not need to see me. 
Mm. And that when they realized that they would be better. Mm. And uh, that would cause a lot of confusion because uh, I just had a referral practice because I was not in the yellow pages or anything. And uh, everybody would come, you know, because they had a referral from a friend or another doctor. And, and um, I had so many people over the years that, you know, came back, you know, at some later time and said, yeah, I get it now. Well, and so the big idea, right? Um, the big idea is a, a chiropractic poem that really just explains that it's thoughts, traumas, and toxins that create dis-ease in us and that we have the power to heal and, and shift and overcome. And when all of those kind of thing, that dark night of soul season I had, because it was not one thing, it was a lot of things that crashed down. And um, I, I went off on this journey, kind of seeking uh, knowledge and experiences, Tony Robbins events, Dispenza events. It's like, give me, give me, give me, give me. I want to know more. Why did my mom get sick? Why did all this happen? Why did my birth go the way that it did? What, 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 you know, what is, um, what is real? I mean, I was just spiraling in the best way. And I gathered all those things and I would come home from those events and it was like, and like crash hung over, you know, like, oh, but here I am in my real life again. And um, I just heard all these things and I experienced them, but now I'm, I'm with my, my, my team and my practice and my family, but they didn't get to hear all the things that I just heard. Let's bring them, let's bring them there and it reminds me of a question that a chiropractor had asked, you know, if you had to choose between chiropractic practice, the adjustment and chiropractic philosophy, the truth, which I would call the big idea, if you had to choose one, you couldn't keep both. You had to choose one, which one would you choose? And like, Bear, you saying, you know, you don't need to see me. It's the philosophy. It's the paradigm. It's the mindset. And um, it was a no brain. So that's why the event came about. It's like, yes, I want to keep showing up in the practice, but all I really crave is for you to get it, for the light to come on, because once it does, and in lots of different ways, it does in your marriage, in your um, in your health, in your happiness, in what, what you've been through, once you start to experience the light coming on and you get the big idea, that's freedom. That's limitless potential. And um, yeah, it's that's become the sole mission. I couldn't turn off, I guess, if I tried, you know? Amazing. So um, back into the mundane just a little bit, if you don't mind. Uh, I came to the conclusion that um, vertebral segments don't subluxate. Mm -hmm. They don't just go out of place. You know, bones are held in place by muscles. Muscles are part of vast networks. I always looked at it as uh, each vertebral segment being a circuit breaker. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when the circuit popped, it went, so you can get an adjustment and, um, you know, sometimes you, uh, you know, flick the circuit breaker back on, it stays on. A lot of times it doesn't. So um, what's your mm. thoughts on that? Mm. I use that a lot. Um, about half of my practice is, you know, young people, kids and teenagers and families and that people just get that. It's right. It's the circuit breaker in your house. The lights are off. We flip them on. They call me the poop doctor. You're not pooping. We flip the switch. <laughs> It's great. Um, but, you know, so two things. Number one, I love that analogy because it is so simple. Most people can land there and it's not pain based. It's, you know, function and um, nervous system tone conversation. So I love that. And then to your point, well, why does the circuit keep going off? Right. That 
that if we're really serving medicine um, that will last a lifetime, teach a man to fish type stuff, then it's that question. Why do you think this keeps going off? What kind of food you eating? What kind of stress is in your life? How are you sleeping? Like, what kind of structural things have you been through? What needs the German new medicine that Dr. Melissa Sell, I just adore, right? Um, because there's, there's stories to be told. Um, and so I think, you know, meeting people where they're at, if you come to me and, and you do have a headache and you want to experience relief, I understand that sometimes you are so in the dark or the storm, you can't hear me. And if I'm trying to teach you about the circuit breaker and how like you're powerful beyond measure and you have a 10 out of 10 migraine and you're vomiting, like I'm an asshole, excuse me, if I'm not supposed to cuss, but like I, I, that would be insensitive to not acknowledge what was going on with you because of my all knowing this. So I think, you know, meeting people right where they're at and, and going, okay, you're here today with me. How can I serve you? And then beyond that, how do we get here? And what are we going to do to, you know, create a different path forward? Like, I think it's, it's, and it's not either or, right. It's meet them why they're coming to you and um, open up those questions and those curiosities so that they start to get it. So, so do you hand them a journal uh, <laughs> on their way out? It's like time to start journaling. Uh, <laughs> oh, we, I talk about vision board. I'm going to go home. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. And it's a, it's a running kind of joke. Like people come walking out, just sobbing in tears. Like, oh, you got Dr. Devin, huh? Like, um, and it's because it's like that. I just, I love you. Like wherever you're at, zero judgment, just put it down. How'd you get here? You know? And if you do want something different, if you don't, I'll keep adjusting you. If you, if you want to come here, like to your point of saying, you don't need me. It's like, if you want to keep walking in with the same story, I'm here. But if you would like to change, I will walk that path with you too. And that's the one I'd prefer because there's a lot more happiness and health down that road. And so, yeah, journals, yes, vision boards. Yes, like, hey, go check out the event and the big idea and um, music and sky that I can't come to. I'm so sad. Um, We're but- really bummed you're going to miss that. Dr. Melissa Sell will be there again. You know, she hasn't missed one music and sky. She's the our one uh, collaborator that has literally spoke at every single one of our events. Now, it's easy for her because she lives down SoCal. I mean, she we did on the NorCal one, she did have to come up. But anyways, yeah, we love Dr. Melissa Sell. And since the first Music in Sky, thanks to obviously Dr. Bear Lando's influence on us, um, that was our one of our core principles was that um, in order for us to heal as a community, we must first heal ourselves. And with that, we must understand principles like, you know, the uh, terrain and and the uh, body, mind, spirit connection, new German medicine. So out of the gates, we were, we've been talking about this and uh, we'll have you, we'll have you eventually. And we're decentralizing music in sky. So we'll be doing one in the Midwest. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll definitely, you'll be involved down the line, but uh, yes, to your points, um, uh, so, uh, you know, important, I think for the world to heal, uh, we have to heal ourselves first, and obviously the medical industrial complex is is you know feeding itself off this this sort of materialistic idea that um, sickness is only healed by um, by others, and and so we have to go to a practitioner, and that's that must be tough for practitioners to wrap their heads around the idea of that. Like Bear was saying, you're not going to need, you shouldn't need me. I mean, that seems counterintuitive to a capitalism 
based marketplace. But if we can really get there, like what I talk about and having a holistic economy that actually will all be way more abundant if we're all healing ourselves, because then we won't have to worry about our neighbors being sick and putting more strain on the system and all that, because everybody's living in, in this much more vital way, then I think everybody, of course, wins in, in way more than that doctor driving the Porsche who's making millions off all the sick. That doctor, actually, if he could see the light, would um, probably live a lot longer and mm -hmm. maybe not need the Porsche or have the Porsche, whatever, but wouldn't have to be so stressed out about the world coming to war and all the calamity, which is spiritually being created by that very need to have that portion, that sense that you have to save and help everybody, if that makes sense. So there's a big change happening. You're right. And I think people are waking up to this in droves. Well, and, and there, you know, gosh, you look at insurance and there are so many layers. It's not, it's not allopathy per se. It's the educational like institution that creates the way they practice. And then it's the insurance company that they literally become slaves to that hospitals are for profit. I mean, you look at blue cross blue shield doesn't want you to be healthy. They don't care like that. They're mitigating costs. It's dollar signs. Um, and, and, and I love that conversation too, with people, when you start to go almost like you don't take insurance it's like, no, I don't participate in that, you know, part of the disease in our system. What do you mean? Well, what do you do? And it's like, well, there's options guys. Like that's, that's the thing. And I just have to meet each one of these questions and light bulb moments with compassion, because I've been in this conversation in this journey for, I mean, close to 18 years with my son as a parent. So it's like, I, I, I understand that for a lot of, there's just new, you don't have to have insurance. Well, not that kind and no, um, you know, it's, but most people are so indoctrinated into the way it's supposed to be. Um, man, I think those conversations carry as much weight as any adjustment or other service that we provide. What we need is assurance, mm. which, <laughs> mm. right. Mm. And this idea, yes, there's aspects to insurance that make sense, like for massive trauma, right? Like if you, there is some, I mean, obviously, Bear and I have talked about this a lot. There are amazing aspects to Western medicine uh, in terms of the techno technological aspects for a hip replacement or things like that. Of course, there's also probably ability not have to use, a, to have an iron hip, even though Bear, uh, you know, uh, you've partaken in that down that road, thanks to old football injuries. And th that can be expensive with all this technology. But I also think there's ways to have economic systems set where that's free, uh, where you don't need. So an, assur an assurance model is a community-based model where it's based on more trust and not fear. It's based on collaboration and it's based on helping your neighbor and it could work really well. Um, we've laid out some ideas using uh, blockchain and cryptocurrency to do it in a way that could provide a much better model for um, uh, assuring people that they don't have to worry about large accidents. Uh, of course, accidents happen not from random cause, you know, effect as the chaos theory, Bear and I talk about too why accidents happen. Accidents happen for a reason. There's a purpose and there's a divine connection to the decisions you've made on multiple planes. So it's funny when you, everything gets so um, reductionist in the modern world. And when we can get out of the reductionist mindset and look in a broader, more holistic scope, solutions become so much easier. 
They really do. But I, that is interesting. You don't do the insurance thing. Uh, my doc doesn't either. You just yeah. pay cash, you know. Yeah. I never, it's just, it's I never just, took insurance. It's incongruent, you know, and you have to take notes and you label and you diagnose and you do all these things that like, not that we don't take notes, it's the type of notes that you have to keep that have nothing to do with their actual care, that are insurance-based standards, that just is, it's chaos, um, you know, but you speak about accidents, so I mean, I've got five kids, three of my boys play football, they're all wrestlers, they're maniacs, we're dirt bike junkies, like it is, you know, um, and a, a few years ago, um, one of my boys um, was climbing 10 feet up and tripped himself up and fell and six inch skull fracture, brain contusion. Um, and we lived way out in the country at the time. And you, I think when, when we brought him to the hospital, um, it's funny on his discharge, my, like his number one diagnosis was, um, failure to comply with vaccine, uh, recommendations, which is insane looking back. Right. Um, what does that have to do with the trauma? Um, but the, you look at the whole system and how we were treated, were retreated. He didn't have any care. He didn't need any intervention. They brought him these meds for seizures. And I was like, why are you giving him seizure meds? Has he had a seizure? Is it no, it's protocol. I'm like one of the side effects of this medication that you're giving my child who just fell is seizure to avoid seizures. No. And then you got to like sinus, you go through all these forms. He received no treatment, but, but had to stay, um, for a night. $64,000 was what the bill was going to be. We use Christian health ministry at the time. They take the bill down to 16,000, right? Oh, well, all of a sudden, how do we go from $64,000 being charged to us down to, you're going to actually give me a bill for 16. And, and so I, you see it from the inside out and you're like, this is madness. Go to my, the way that our insurance is set up every month when we get our statement, it's a prayer request that your, your contribution, your donation this month goes to the Verona family to pay for hospital needs for their son Knox. If you would like to, you know, send a prayer their way, that is beautiful. Like that, you know, there is that it's for people, not for profit and, and they covered all of it. And so yeah, we had to chip away at it until they could review our case and then pay for it, but they, they covered all of it. So there are options and the way, the way you do one thing is the way you do all things. My kids get so sick of me saying that, but it's like, if you, you know, we talk in the freedom world about all these things, but we're, we can be out of alignment in our actual um, implementation within our homes. And I think insurance is a, it's a big discussion that we need to continue to have um, in engaging. Yeah. And insurance is negative betting. Not only are you focusing on something bad happening, but you're putting money on it. Yeah. Um, you know, there was a time in the past where I was part of a group where we created first starting with auto and uh, we didn't call it insurance and then also in the healthcare. And because it wasn't a profit um, need and also because it didn't take a lot of bureaucracy, people paid very nominal amounts and it was more, we actually called it assurance. And um, every premium was met and, you know, it, it went fantastic. The FBI finally stepped in and said we were fraudulently selling insurance and uh, took our kitty, which grew up to, it was about 10 million bucks at that time, just took the money. Uh, you know, they don't want any, uh, any competition. Yeah, in my practice years, um, I never took insurance. And if somebody showed up and they couldn't afford anything, then we just treated them anyway. We treated them for free. 
and we had plenty that could pay their bills. And then, you know, they, it's just, it all works out and we made a good living. There was no problem. And accident is just another word like coincidence. Uh, they don't exist. <laughs> you know, that is something that's always a little worrisome as a parent of boys too, that tend to get into things, especially living out here. I just fell. And also I just fell 10 feet down a cliff uh, and very fortunate. I didn't break a labor, break a neck. Um, and out in the woods here a couple of weeks ago. And so, you know, I knew that was karmically coming because of some, I figured out why that happened. But that being said, that's frightening to get a $64,000 bill, right? For that. So um, I know that freaks people out. So um, I'll definitely, um, I think that'd be really good for a community to drop some different types of solutions for people there that could uh, have that for their family. I'm fortunate. I mean, because my wife's in the, um, you know, traditional sick, well, I hate to say sick care because she's not involved with that. She's as a hospice nurse, but she's, she's definitely a healthcare or a spiritually inclined uh, healthcare worker. Um, we have, I guess what they would consider good insurance, right? For that, but it's included with her, with her job, but um, I've never had to use it. So I've, it's kind of funny. I roll my eyes because she still sees that as really important. I'm like, Blakely, I've never had to use that our entire marriage because mm-hmm. uh, I don't go to a doctor and I haven't, fortunately, I haven't had a need to, but there's always that little tickle in the back of your head. What if, what if this happened, you know? So yeah, um, I would be very uh, open to Devin getting that link for, you, for what you're using and any other um, t- type of alternative other solutions out there for folks, because this is one of the, our big uh, questions that comes up in our telegram a lot. Like what other alternative forms of insurance out, are out there? Well, and um, Carrie Madej at the Health Freedom for Humanity Symposium, uh, they did a doctor's panel and they were, they were just talking about, you know, let's resurrect apprenticeships, right? And so instead of going to medical school and putting your, so like resurrect Dr. Quinn medicine woman type um, care. Uh, we don't, I, I don't think you'd want to throw baby out with the bathwater. There's time and a place. If I, to your point, if I had a bone sticking out of my arm, I'd probably want it operated on. So, you know, I mean, we're, we need each other. Um, and we, and we got to just come up with healthier ways to create these ecosystems. And I think we're seeing it, um, in membership form, you know, and, and apprentice then private membership form and where you can, you know, and, and doctors kind of training up people, Um, I know a good friend of mine in Australia, they had a lot of crazy things come down about pediatric chiropractic. It's illegal. You can't adjust babies and all these. And she turned in her license and there's a lot of people there that are giving up chiropractic. I actually talked to Marsha and Shauna about this, you know, down the sovereign path is if that's inevitable for me, like, well, I have to detach from this word that now belongs to the world to truly step into my sovereignty. And I don't know, um, but I've watched good friends of mine leave it behind because it became a necessity and they, they still lay their hands on people and they call it an attunement instead of an adjustment. Um, but we're, we're so attached to words and things like that, that it, it seems, you know, to give up your license, Jess Petros, um, you know, lots of people stepping out of that world to detach from the, the sickness that comes with it. And that's the way the system changes. Obviously, it's been created because of the legislatures that are, you know, uh, doing their job on behalf of the controllers. But back in the, uh, I think it was like the early mid 70s, 
the chiropractic profession, a lot of people don't realize this, was approached by the AMA and the AMA wanted to absorb them in. Hey, you guys are going to be part of us. You'll be, you know, good old boys and uh, you can do all these other things you can't do now legally. And the chiropractic profession, you know, uh, kudos to them. They said, shove it. We don't want it. They did the same thing to the osteopathic profession. The osteopaths went for it and then their schools radically changed. So when I learned osteopathic technique, I couldn't do it through, you know, conventional osteopathic circles. I had to go study with the old timers, actually do apprenticeships. So uh, chiropractic uh, was really the last remaining renegade. And what they've done over the years is legislate what you can, what you can't do. Now you take your national boards, you know, it's just like taking a medical board. Uh, you know, there's, there's no true good stuff left in it. They did that to the naturopathic profession a long time ago. Uh, where basically they just did away with the licensure of naturopathy. In fact, that's how I got into chiropractic college because when I was through the four-year uh, naturopathic curriculum, there wasn't uh, a, um, a license you could get in California. And back then I still thought I needed a license. And uh, so I went to chiropractic college so that I could get an alternative license. It was good in every state. Well, um, you know, I, his name slips my mind. He's in the heel documentary. It's going to drive me nuts. Um, he, he lays hands. He does these spiritual, um, I don't even know what you call them, um, experiences. And I went to see him when he went to Denver. God, it's going to drive me nuts. Um, I'll have to share it on the backside, but, um, he went and, you know, uh, he was like, oh, your energy, you did really beautiful. It was, um, what an experience. And I stayed after to kind of pick his brain. I was like, I'm fascinated with what you, you know, you set up. And he's like, you know, the difference between you and me, you're licensed and your hands are tied and I'm a free man. And that was, that was probably 2017. And it, it was a fleeting comment that has nagged at me for years where it's like, oh my gosh, you were right. Like we are, um, by taking those oaths that we think, you know, bop us on the head at the time, right? Like I want to be a doctor. Um, and not to say that the, I don't, wouldn't trade the knowledge and the experience. And that's what we're going with. Our oldest son is getting ready to graduate and, and, you know, everybody in our family, what college are you going to? And I'm like, <laughs> please don't go to college. Like, you know. Was that Dr. Mark Hyman? Ah, <sighs> No. Or was it, uh, 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 I, I've seen that documentary. It's also yeah. Dr. Sasbury. Oh, that's going to drive. I'm yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I thought I knew it was. Um, I know it's so funny though, right? Like I, that's what we get even with our, our two uh, young ones. And my youngest says, I'm not going to college. Mm -hmm. College is for suckers. <laughs> I'm like, oh, hold up, Gail. Like, yes, I mean, I, yeah, I think universities and stuff are pretty, um, ruined right now but let's hold up you're only nine let's see where we're going here uh because i still think there's a lot of value with going to getting up higher education depending what your soul's purpose is right and the trades are amazing if you got to be crushing it in the next 10 years or 20 years get in the trades like if you want to make some serious dough that's where it, the way right now i see uh, just and sound economic advice but go ahead bear even if you do go to school, why do we need a license? When you've already demonstrated by way of your degree, your clinical experience, your internship, whatever you had to go through in the mid eighties, um, you know, a lot of people right now are talking about private memberships, associations, everything, but in the mid eighties, 
uh, where we started our first very large clinic, uh, it occurred to me that I don't need any stinking license. So I gave up all my licenses because I had several and we created a clinic on private property. And from that point on, we were never in a commercial zone again. So we didn't have to have a license to play in their jurisdiction. And people that came to us were coming because they were private consenting adults. And we just had an agreement. And I practiced all those years and uh, stopped renewing my license a long, long time ago. And I think more and more doctors and professionals of all types are starting to realize that, you know, we don't have to pay yearly dues. Uh, a lot of the requirement, uh, for instance, just for chiropractic, um, you know, you have to have so many continuing ed, you know, hours every year. I would go so far beyond the amount of hours that was required to renew my license, but most of them were not accepted for continuing education because they actually taught you how to be a good doctor, learn good things that could be some value to your patients. But if I went to a practice building seminar, hey, that's good. Uh, so I just said, this is bullshit. And that's that's kind of when I left. Yeah. Well, I mean, you see all the incongruencies when you're on the insides like this makes mm -hmm. um, up until 2020, I was, um, you know, serving on our um, Kansas Chiropractic Association. And it, you know, here comes um, what happened in 2020, whatever we call it. Um, and I'm like, what are we going to do here? Let's step up. You know, like this is our time to shine. Like this is like we could we got the answer. We got the big idea. Like and and we were doing all the same things. It's like, and we were telling chiropractors not to do this and not to do that. And I was like, I, I can't, this isn't true. Like, and, and so you start to see these. And I, I do think, you know, in San Diego, I spoke with an attorney, right? I mean, each profession kind of has its own um, gauntlet that it's going to have to in, untangle from. And I, you know, the private practice and the, the private memberships, I mean, that's what, what I hear with other other people that that's where it's all headed yep and that's what we'll be talking about this weekend mm. so you'll be able to leave with a lot more empowering knowledge and practical skills to implement that and go to the private right because that's where all the real living men and women are so going into the private is really the solution right it's such an such an empowering way to be uh and to be in the present and Man, I can't wait for us to be fully doing that at Alpha Vedic uh, more and more and more. It's just so empowering. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I'm excited to see you this weekend. It's gonna, we're gonna have a lot of fun. I know. I can't wait. And to get and to bring my husband, you know, like it's when we when we say I do, and you have this family unit, like I've gotten to do all these experiences, getting to know you guys, a lot of my my soul's work, but now to get to come together, that's going to be a magnet multiplier for our home because now we get to bring it in to even more substance together. And I, I could not, I mean, I just a note to couples and the the journey of this type of thing. I mean, when you're, getting on the same page and operating from that place and parenting from that place and doing finances and business from those spaces and places. It is sacred work that we're all doing in this time. Like what a generation we are to say, you know what, we'll be the ones to just dismantle and work and the, the future that we'll be able to, to give our kids because we are brave enough and humble enough to 
strip it down and, and build it back up? We are entering the, the age of transmutation, which means healing work, uh, legal structures. It doesn't matter. They're all designed to, you know, take us through this transition, taking the old, old energy and transmuting it to where we need to go. And that's why this, uh, this weekend, you know, that we're, we're going to be together at is, is going to be so important. And it's all about I am. And, and those two simple words, uh, you know, tell you all you need to know about anything. And if anybody really fathoms, you know, whenever we think of outer form, uh, there, there's three basic things we need to remember. I am the power acting. I am the intelligence directing. And I am the substance being acted upon. We're, we're, that's the Holy Trinity. And we're the whole thing. And we have that gift of being able to transmute on this plane. So all of our collective pro uh, professions, those of us that are finding each other, uh, we're here to really ground that in. Yeah. I love the transmutation process because it's, it's, it's not about fighting. It's not about exiting. It's not about leaving. And that, there's, that's all aspects of it, right? But in the end, it's about... <clears throat> Uh, this sort of realization of, like you said, who you are and how everything works. And it's, it's the most empowering way to be is, is by understanding that I am <laughs> and I be, and that I, and then it's just simple. Um, yeah. Uh, that's simple, right? Like the law stuff people make so complicated. And I, and I hope the takeaway out of this weekend is just really how simple it all is. Uh, wouldn't well, you say bear? With Marsha at the helm, I remember just watching her as we all were kind of like, there was all that chatter in the room and people were starting to make it complex. And she's like, they don't get it. Like, you know, and just that moment of like, this is just who you be. It is that simple. And it's as hard as you want to make it. And how you, what, what you put after those two words, I am becomes the reality you live in. Right. And, and that's, um, man, a really powerful, potent thing to embrace in your life. That's Anything why after those two words can only limit you. Mm -hmm. That's, mm -hmm. that's it. Yeah. yeah. That's why we, we say I am and Bip, I am. Um, but that's also why we'll float the river on Monday because um, what I like to do sometimes, and because the river's pretty low, you know, end of August, um, we can even just go down little uh, tubes, you know, nothing, no rafting or anything. But you are now, I am in the river and just like, what an amazing uh, <clears throat> sort of analogy for this reality as you're floating down the river, right? The river of life, the river of, of the essence of what, how time and everything is, and you are just now in the flow. You're in the flow, in the moment, in the present. If you can really get in the present on the river, um, mm -hmm. wow, it's an empowering, beautiful, beautiful feeling. And, and I can't wait to share that with you on Monday, Devin, because uh, it's something, one of my favorite things to do, but also it's a, it's a really uh, <clears throat> beautiful way to end the weekend because it'll bring everything back in and into nature, into the physicality, but also into this sort of emotional uh, release of being out there on the river. Um, it's it's going to be really great. And and I can't wait to hold the tree. I mean, I went like this. I know I'm not going <laughs> to even begin to like, but these trees, I literally, you guys have been having dreams 
because I've never been to this part of the country. Um, and, and so to, to bear witness and to just sit and listen and be, I mean, I just, I, I told um, one of my best friends, I was like, I'm not going to be the same after this. I feel like this is one of those portals that you walk into and you come back with um, a fresh set of eyes. Um, and, and so I, I really, I'm so honored and I can't wait. Thank you for the invitation and, and the work that goes into it. Oh my goodness. To host these things. And you don't have to wait till Monday to hop in the river. Uh, we have ample time in between classes every day where you can just walk down the stairs and jump in. We don't have the rapids that we had a few months ago, but it's actually better swimming now. And we have a private beach. There's nobody here but us because it's our property. And, um, you know, we have great swimming holes. And, you know, so, so we made sure we get a good two hours off midday so you can go jump in. Even better. That's the best yeah. kind of school, right? Like yeah. to, get to mm, integrate it straight into the, with the sunshine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we'll definitely work in a quick uh, uh, <clears throat> little uh, foray into one of the most majestic groves on the planet, which is just uh, north of not far from the farm. Um, uh, either we'll do Stout Grove or one of the groves there. Uh, was thinking that'd be a fun little uh, thing to do maybe on Monday before we float or after we float, whatnot. So uh, go in there and try to get your arms around one of these bad boys. I mean, we're talking it's bigger than my room, right? Mm -hmm. So it's it's so awesome. And you definitely can hear feel the heartbeat of that tree when you when you go and hug that tree. Uh, and you may even see an Ewok run by who knows. Um. In Kansas, it's plains, right? And sunflowers. And so we got some trees, but not like this. So I can't wait. There is something majestic, though, about I've been to the Midwest a lot, and I always get blown away by the long vistas of the flatness. For me, that is just, oh, oh it hits me hard when I get there. I'm like blown away by just how much sky, right? And how much you can just see, because here it's all mountainous. And so it's a much more sort of, we're in, in it, we're in it. <clears throat> there it's all wide open, kind of like going to the desert. So uh, you live in a very cool place. Yep. Yep. Wherever you are or wherever you go, there you are, right? Um, and I, I, there, the Dorothy, there's no place like home. I mean, I'm, I'm grateful. I've kind of gone everywhere and for, you know, I still am like, I want to live there. I'll come see you. And I mean, I want to live here. I'm in Tulum. I want to live here. You know, I love these, these places, but roots are roots, you know, and I, I love, um, the Flint Hills and the sunsets that we have here. I, I wouldn't, I really wouldn't trade it. So Devin, this has been awesome. And, um, we should probably let you start packing. Yeah, but right. um, any any final words uh, that you'd like to to speak to the audience? Uh, any information you'd like to impart or uh, tell them again the best way to get a hold of you? Well, you come play at the Big Idea. It'll be in June um, next year, and because we can't wait, um, we're building out a virtual place to teleport to all of our past talks uh, called the Big Idea Network. So that's coming soon can come get adjusted um, and play with our whole amazing team of warrior women at the lighthouse. Um, but anything to say? <sighs> Breathe and put your hand on your heart every chance that you get and just feel that thing, that magic, that miracle inside of you. Remember who you are and give yourself grace and 
you know, be a rebel and give others around you even more grace. Um, because I, I have to believe that we're all doing the best that we can. And the only way out is through. And we are really just kind of doulaing each other all through this thing. And love and only love will truly set us free. So thank you for your time. Beautiful. I'll have all the show links below. Uh, guys, go support Devin and all that she does. And uh, definitely want to catch the big idea recordings. Phenomenal, phenomenal content. So thank you, Devin, so much. And can't wait to see you soon. Yes, tomorrow. <laughs> okay, guys, thanks so much. <laughs> hey, thanks so much. Uh, for everyone in the chat was just really wonderful chat today. Uh, we appreciate you all for coming out and joining us on the live stream. We do this every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Uh, go follow us at alphavedic.com and join the mailing list to get notified of our next show. Give us a like and subscribe if you resonate with this content. Share it with your friends and family. And as always, remember to get outside, get your feet in the soil, go plant something, go for a hike. Mother Nature is our best teacher. Show her some love. We love you and we'll see you next time. Cheers. <laughs>